My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? The legendary Mark Steves, everybody. But that show has resonated with people. It's kind of crazy. New Age Woo. That sound, vibration, energy have a tangible, recordable effect on water. So he used high-speed photography, microscopes, and MRI, right, to record the shapes of water crystals. The water crystals that he was taking pictures of through this microscope had different patterns based on what sound or words were being spoken in front of or within the water. So whatever sound the water had been exposed to, the crystals in real time, he was able to capture them expressing themselves through that sound. My mentor taught me about tobacco and cannabis being an ally, and I've used that responsibly as a way to increase my, my knowledge. You know, I don't want to recommend any anything. I know there's a lot of people out there who are staying sober, and you can still have an ally, you know, as a sober person. But for me, tobacco and cannabis use responsibly are uh, are an ally. Some people it's working out. Some people it's uh, podcasting. Some people it's just hanging out with family. You know, you just need an ally. When I met you, I gave you a book called The Cabalian, right? And yes. What's interesting about the fact that I gave you that book is like, I, I used to like take notes in that book and it, it meant a lot to me and I almost didn't want to give it to you because I'm like, ah, I, I don't want to part with this book, but I gave it to you anyways. And then after we start working with each other, this guy who comes on your podcast who seems like a great dude, the Maverick guy, he gives you the same book. And that's the same thing that happened with my mentor Amos is like, Every time he met somebody who was on this kind of vibe, a red-tailed hawk feather would appear in their life. And the Kybalion is kind of working like its way through the podcast. Like a lot of the the guests that have been really popular and resonating with people are people who understand the seven hermetic laws. And that was something that when I listened to the podcast a long time ago, I always wanted to get that across to you. It felt like it was missing, and then here we are, and it's like, this is the resonance, you know? Like, 
I gave you that book, and then sure enough, like, Matt LaCroix comes on, and, you know, you're talking ancient mysteries with all these different people, and, and, uh, and that's, that's kind of like resonance, man. It's like what you're that saying. That changed my life, that, that, that episode of Matt LaCroix starts the ball rolling into it, and seeing the world a little different. What I want to get into you, with you, Mark, is we have all this great information. We have this understanding that we got to do all this stuff. And we have to control our destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer, and today on the show is episode 99. 99, and we are doing fine, feeling divine. And speaking of divine, 99 is triple the power of the number nine if we're going to get into numerology and the symbolism of numbers nine plus nine is 18 one plus eight equals nine so even if you resolute the number 99 equals nine folks like i said nine symbolizes divine will is the last of the simple numbers and is also known as the magic number representing wisdom initiation it is a spiritual and emotional number. So I'm going to release for episode 99 my first appearance on Zero. That's right. Zero is the show that started it all. If uh, Sam didn't decide to start Zero, I might not have gotten this job booking for Tinfall Hat and Zero and subsequently might not have ever really gotten this podcast off the ground. Because I got to say, Sam was a huge huge motivation for me to do this and now I'm fortunate enough to give that same opportunity to other folks in the form of encouragement and support hence Alt Media United so many awesome shows have come from Alt Media United um, the list is very very expansive and you know what we'll get into that on episode 100 because I plan on doing something really really special for episode 100 and i hope you guys are there with us in the meantime episode 99 like i said a magical spiritual number representing the evolution uh, out of the simple numbers one through nine it is a transformational number and we are transforming here on the my family thinks some crazy podcast episode 99 like i said uh, my first appearance on zero but it's also an unreleased episode uh, 27, my second appearance on Zero. So you get those back-to-back, -back, starting with number 3 and then 27. Uh, both of these episodes, you can find the video version on rockfin.com, of course. And I have a third appearance on Zero. I think I'm the only guest to ever be on Zero three times. And that was episode 94 number three number 27 and number 94 there is some numerological significance there folks i try to do stuff like that and it's a little easier when you're the booker <laughs> you can see it coming but either way wow sam i really gotta give it up to him he's an amazing person and like i said none of this would have happened without him including alt media united so thank you so much, Sam, if you do or ever listen to this. Uh, 
thank you for letting me release Zero on my RSS feed for all the non-Rockfin subscribers. And like I said, folks, if you want to hear that third interview with me and Sam Tripoli on Zero, sign up for Rockfin.com. Go over to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy page and show us some love. We put 99 episodes out and some of the video portions of those episodes are on Rockfin. Uh, Video content is much larger than audio content, and I don't have a supercomputer, folks, so it's not always so easy for me to uh, put the video up. It takes a long time, not a lot of space on the computer, etc., etc., but if you all care about the show and you want to see more content get out there, show me some love on Patreon, patreon.com slash MFTIC. I can't do this for free. That is the place. If you find value in this show, send some value back our way, starting at $2 all the way up to $50. That's what we need right now. Pretty soon, once the numbers get higher and we have more patrons, I'll probably standardize the tiers so everybody's paying pretty much the same price. But for now, you know, we have some really, really awesome, generous people who have helped out with really big monthly donations. Mr. My boy, Kevin, who's really vocal in the Telegram chat. Shout out to you, Kevin. Uh, We have a new Patreon uh, from, I think she's from Canada, uh, Dana. Shout out to you or uh, you, ma'am or sir. Dana is one of those uh, multi-sex names. I'm not sure. Please clarify with that uh, in the messages, Dana. I do not want to misgender you. Uh, Not that I think you would care. Either way. We got a lot of people who have already stepped up to the plate to help out this small little show that could. Uh, the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Like I said, available on Patreon and Rockfin. So however you like to pay for content, we've got multiple options for you. And moving forward in the future, we might innovate a whole new membership area outside of Patreon. Don't let that stop you from signing up for the Patreon now, because like I said, if we're going to accomplish these things, we need some support. And uh, the more more money I make through the Patreon, the more time and effort I can put towards this podcast. That's just the straight facts of life. Speaking of, we got into the facts of life as usual on an episode of Zero. Uh, Number three, we talked about synchronicity. And then the second conversation included in this episode was, like I said, episode 27 of Zero. And that was on the power of positivity. We talked about a bunch of different things. You know, Sam tends to ramble. I can do that myself pretty well. So we rambled a little bit, but the gist of it was synchronicities and the power of positivity. And that's a lot about what this show is all about anyways. It's keeping it positive, going into these deep waters, learning about all these strange things that they didn't teach us in school, uh, especially the things that synchronistically come up. And yeah, keeping it positive at the end of the day. So with that, folks, thank you so much for sticking with us for 99 episodes of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Stay tuned for episode 100 coming out this week. A lot of surprises in store. If you want to make it on the 100th episode and be featured on the 100th episode, please go to podinbox.com slash M-F-T-I-C in all capital letters and leave us a message on our pod inbox. 
and we will play your voice clip on the 100th episode. You got to do it in the next two days, though. Right now, it is the uh, November 6th, and this episode will be out tomorrow, November 7th, 11-7. Um, so you have two days to release, or to, 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 you have two days to leave me a message, a and if you do, I will play it on the 100th episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy these conversations with my man, the legendary Sam Tripoli. Mark is doing a great job, even yeah. though he drives me fucking nuts sometimes. <laughs> he's great. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Good job, Mark. Good job, Mark. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode from the vault of my spiritual podcast, Zero with Sam Tripoli. You know, I'm releasing the old episode so you guys can understand the power of Zero. So I'm super thankful you guys would join us. If you do want to get the latest episodes, just know if you go to rockfin.com slash zero, okay, you can get two new episodes every week, every week, okay? Every week. So you're getting about eight, from eight to 10 new episodes every week on rockfin.com. So just go to rockfin.com slash zero. This episode, episode three, is with my good friend from the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, Mark Steves. Mark has been a big influence on this podcast. After this episode, I think I asked him to come on as the booker. And, and then he booked, started booking Tim Fall Hat as well. So Mark is a big part of uh, my spiritual journey. Again, his podcast is My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. So please go check it out. All of his links are in the description. So you'll be able to find him there. But please enjoy episode three of Zero Synchronicity. All right. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of uh, Zero. Namaste. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm so thankful you guys are enjoying the show. The feedback has been great. It's the little show that will grow. And like I always say, man, you know, conspiracy always leads to spirituality. So I hope some of you guys will join me on this and this journey I'm on to learn because once you start getting past the uh, reptilians and, you know, th this underground evil thing and that underground and the blah, 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 and the blah, 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 false flags and all that stuff. And you start really taking a look at, like, 
you know, what are they really trying to hide? And that becomes what's the real information. Joining me, he's been on my Patreon podcast a bunch of time, and he will eventually do Tim Paul Hackers. He's such a great guest. He's got his own podcast he's going to tell us about. Please welcome Mark Steves, everybody. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, and I'm excited to talk about spirituality with you and uh, our like-minded listeners. First things first, I just want to say, you know, bless everybody that participates in this kind of truth community. I think it's important that, you know, we all unite and feel united and know that in prayer and thought or whatever you believe, we're all connected. And yeah, just take a moment to to give a, a warm thought or a prayer to the little ones of the earth, the bugs, the little creatures, you know, all the animals that give us the opportunity to live. And furthermore, the children, because they're the future. And I think that's why people get into conspiracy and get into spirituality because they care about the world and they see a dysfunctional earth. And that's why we're here today, because we are we're warriors for Mother Earth and we, we've been sent to, to help fix some of these issues. Thank you, man. That's a great, that was well put and wonderfully said. And, you know, I completely agree with that, man. I think, you know, we all have in us this kind of hole. It's not a bad hole. It's not a negative hole. It's not a black hole. It's just a hole that needs to be filled with something. And some people fill it with books and some people fill it with drugs and alcohol. Some people fill it with the mainstream media and social media and all that stuff that can get you really lost. And I'm not judging anybody because that was my life for a very long time. And, but now I'm ready for something different in my life, you know, with my children being born and my desire to be a better person and having some really great conversations that, you know, have really changed my life that I've decided to go down this, this kind of path. And I want to fill the hole that always needs to be filled. It needs to be with something. You fill it with junk, you can fill it with hatred, you can fill it with gossip, or you can fill it with love. And I, I, I'm choosing love right now. And now it's easy for me at 47 years old to be like, I'm not into the drugs and the sex and the debauchery, but that's where I am in my life. And everybody comes to it when they come to it. It's not, you know, it's not a race. You know, according to Von Galt, I, it's not too late. You're allowed to, when you find it, you're allowed to find it. I always found it really crazy that when, like, somebody who was, like, Catholic, let's say, right be, they did some evil deeds, and right before the end, you know, they could get, like, they could meet with a priest and even absolve them of their sins. And I always thought that was really crazy. And maybe that is a little extreme, but I don't think it's ever too late to change. Right? Yeah. That magic get-out-of-jail-free card that God gives you for being honest, right? Wink, wink. Yeah, I, I kind of resonated with, with what you just said about, you know, your heart. And what came to mind when you said that was, you know, we're all living in this sea of energy. We're all vibrating at a frequency. And just like you said, we're all on different levels. We're all on different paths here, right? So just consider your, your chakra system, right? Now, many people would think of that as, as a strictly Hindu idea, but there are other cultures around the world that have a spiritual history or cultural history of these same ideas. So we're talking about Christianity. We're talking about the Huna from Hawaii, even some shamanistic indigenous thoughts 
from North and South America, but we as humans intuitively recognize these energy centers within us. And some people vibrate from their root chakra, their lowest. Some people vibrate from their sacral chakra, the sexual energy, the energy that just wants to be creative and absorb all of the pleasures, the hedonistic sense. Then we have the solar chakra, the people who are hard workers, the people who have the energy to take on the day and, and have a, maybe a positive attitude. But past that, we're talking about the heart chakra. And this is the key to the lower chakras. Once you activate this and have love for others without, you know, there's a difference between the love that everyone has for their family and the love that you have for the rest of the world, you know. And once you truly accept the earth is your family on my path i've noticed you know this kind of braids into what we're here to talk about today which is what spirituality is to me and that's the fourth chakra right once you activate your heart center it raises your vibration and allows for your throat chakra your third eye and your crown chakra to do what they're meant to do right so we have the the four lower chakras and the three higher chakras the four lower chakras can be considered like your, your basic senses, right? Your feeling, your taste, your hearing, and your vision, okay? Now, your throat chakra allows you to communicate these truths that we're discussing today. Once you open up your heart, the kinesthetics, right? Remember when on the main page, I'm sure people are listening to this on Rockfin are also listening to the main tinfoil hat episode, but you just had an alchemist on. And he mentioned that exactly. He mentioned how, um, <clears throat> sorry, I just uh, kind of lost. drank some milk. Little... What's that? You drank some milk. <laughs> well, you know, what, what I, I think uh, I could bring it back here. I kind of lost. Were you, were you following me? <laughs> yeah, I was. It's okay, dude. We're going to laugh. No, I, I, I lost how I was going to connect it back. You to were you. talking about alchemy. Yeah. Well, right. reset so, new point. It's all good. Yeah. All right. So, so really the whole chakra thing and where that comes into my What life. is a chakra? A chakra? Well, the the term chakra linguistically, I think that's very important as to understand words for their for their root meaning because you can understand a lot from that. And now I'm getting the point that I just lost. Kinestology, the, the, the intuition, right? Your intuition, he said it on the episode. You have the ability to take information from your subconscious that you wouldn't have on your conscious mind, right? So, you know, this is important, the intuition and tapping into it. That's that fifth chakra. And what a chakra is, is um, the root word means a spinning wheel, right? So you have a vortex, Imagine the uh, whirlpool effect that you see from a hurricane or, you know, something in the water. Imagine one facing out, facing behind you, spiraling forward and spiraling back. You have a gland right here in your heart that corresponds with your heart chakra. You have a gland that corresponds with the other six as well. Now, these glands, okay, are on a frequency a cellular frequency that allows them to transmit this light, okay? So the chakra is light that's rotating, spiraling out of you, Sam, and connecting to the world around you. So just like you have your vision and your hearing and your taste 
constantly, you know, assessing your reality, you have these senses that are your chakras that are determining the reality that's unseen to those initial five senses. So we're talking about telepathy. We're talking about healing. We're talking about, you know, this remote viewing, maybe even levitation and the ability to move objects, things like that. So do you believe that exists? Well, I believe that due to the physics of the universe being as such, right? So given that we're all vibrating energetic beings, you can get to a vibrational frequency where, yes, that is possible. Telekinesis, telepathy. The average person isn't born into that because we're under such, you know, environmental conditions, you know, that we are in a polluted, toxic state. So our spiritual organs begin to become less important because of all the stress that our main functional organs are under. And especially considering the indoctrination that we all go through to, you know, in school where we learn that, you know, materialism is the end all be all, you know, that's a big factor. And just like you said, all roads to conspiracy lead to spirituality because of this exact fact that we have an oppressive force within humanity that wishes to suppress information about the soul so that yep. you and I can't have this conversation yep. and ascend and evolve to the point where we can use our telepathy to help each other. Now, let me yes. tell you something. I use telepathy. You use telepathy. We don't call it that. We call it synchronicity now. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. And when you open up your heart chakra, you open up your fifth chakra of intuition, you open up your third eye, you open up that ability to see through what's fact and fiction by trusting your intuition that's connected with the creator, right? So for me, my life, really, I've always been kind of an outcast from my peers. You know, I grew up in a similar kind of socioeconomic area as you, Sam. You know, upstate New York is not all that far from where I live in between Bridgeport and New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, dude, the, same country, the, dude, same yeah. country. You know what I'm talking about. So we're, yeah. we're a little ghetto country out here too. Yeah, so, hood country for sure, dude. So I know what it's like, man. And 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 I grew up, you know, in the Catholic Church with like parents who really didn't care about you know faith other than just you know showing up, right? Because that's what you did. And now I think you know, with the planetary energy shifting, a lot of people in my family have moved away from that. But as a part of my story, it's important to know that that's what I was raised under. So I became very atheistic towards that, being inquisitive and curious. But what? Let me ask you something. Real quick. Okay, finish your thought because I, I know you were you were on a group right there. Sorry. It's okay. I'll. It's quick. So what turned me back was cannabis. Now I know you're sober, but for me, you know, cannabis is the only thing I use regularly. Alcohol you know, sometimes with friends, but, you know, cannabis is my, my thing. And I think that turning point in my life was really what erased all of the social conditioning that I had grown up around the indoctrination. It was all kind of washed away and cannabis use by myself. I, I was more of a, a solitary kind of stoner. I didn't party and smoke with friends. I, I did a lot of smoking by myself and, and read and, and introspective. And, and that's what brought me down this path that I'm on. But Go ahead and ask me. Why do you think, what is the common trait of somebody who is atheist? 
What do you think? Why do you think people become atheist? I think it's it's actually you know this is something I've thought. I about. will have an atheist on the show because I want to hear from everybody and hear why they believe in atheism and all yeah. that stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I was someone who, you know, like I mentioned, I was very curious and I loved animals. I loved science. I loved nature. So in my mind, you know, all these science books I was reading, they all agreed with evolution, you know. So I I just kind of bought that without really thinking too hard about it and kind of was like, oh, well, you know, humans have a thumb, primates have a thumb. Why couldn't we have evolved, you know? So that that kind of braided the, uh, the atheism in. It was never really like, for me, I didn't think too deeply like, oh, yeah, ghosts aren't real and all this stuff like that all. It was a very short-lived period of my life where I was. But atheist. in that short period, did you believe there was no higher power, no God, no really, no order to this chaos? It was maybe not so much the order to the chaos part. I don't think I thought that deeply. But at, you know, I was a young guy. But really, what I think it was was a reaction to the you know the the feeling that I got at church, which was like this suppressed kind of curiosity. It was like. If you were curious, you didn't fit in because yeah, that meant you're asking. I get that. You know, and you understand. So, so this was kind of the impromptu for me to question things. You know, this idea that most of the people in my life were just sheep to something that they didn't fully understand. So naturally, the first step was denouncing Catholicism by being atheist. But like I said, cannabis kind of pushed me away from that because I started to notice the more supernatural aspects of my life and the world around me. I understand. I get that, dude. I get that. I think, I think there's things like, you know, the, the, you know, what am I, what's the phrase I've said this before about how the laws of physics, right? Like Mm -hmm. the laws of physics, I believe were, were instilled and created to, Limit us. Get, get us to not accept things that are so outside of our, our, our true understanding. Well, here's the science is like, as, as we, are, we are in a place right now where people are starting to look at science the way they looked at religion. Now, now religion isn't bad. Religion's not bad. Religion's only bad when it's used to be do bad things, right? I mean, like, is there anything really bad? Is a knife bad? Is a knife bad? A knife is used to cut cake, birthday cake. We love birthday cake, right? It's good thing. Knife's only bad when it's used to do bad things, right? That's religion. There's no bad things. And like the question is, are there bad people? I don't know. I think there we could agree on bad intentions. But yeah. you know, so but I think people are starting to look at religion in a, in a look at science the way they did religion in that one aspect it's unquestionable, and then the other aspect is like people are going, well, you know, these scientists are flawed people, just like they used to look at you know uh, the clergy. They're like, oh, well, these guys don't represent God. They just took a job, and they they sold us as they represented God, and. For a long time, we believed that because we love God. I mean, even there's this, I forget, when, I, I, when my babies were born, I wanted to just read them all these Hindu books because, you know, you got to read the kids. Might as well read some spirituality so I, too, can learn. 
And there was this Hindu, uh, very Hindu practitioner was getting interviewed. And he, he said something I found very weird, which was, you should treat the Hindu leaders like you would treat God, like limos and all that. And I'm like, oh, that's a weird ass thing to say. I'll find a book and I'll show it to you. It's a very weird quote. And I'm like, that again is, that is that. That is the dude putting himself into this religion. And I think people are starting to wake up to that. That science is great when it's done with uh, good intentions. But scientists are like any other human beings. They want to make money. They like fame. They like all the women. They like all this stuff that comes with being powerful and successful. So that's my opinion. Well, if you see me kind of looking around my room, it's because I'm, I'm remembering the book because you posted it on Instagram. It might be the same one you're talking about. It's like a blue book with like a, a God on it. And, yeah. uh, and I have I have a few books like that, including that book. And, and I think what you might have been hung up on is the idea of God consciousness because Hindu, you know, their religion is such that that you can attain God consciousness. So in order to, you know, maybe respect that, I guess you'd have to treat these, you know, Hindu leaders as God, because supposedly if you didn't, you wouldn't believe that you yourself couldn't reach that God-like state. So to accept that you are God is to accept that I might be God one day. Okay, and then I will take that back because that does make sense to me. But but in a sense, I mean, you know, we're, we're... Let's get back to science and spirituality here, Sam, because before there were churches telling people, you know, the giving people the holy smoke, there was a genesis, a mixture of the two, because spirituality and science were one and the same thing, if you go back far enough. And what we're talking about here with the, the kind of alienation of us from our true origin and our truth as human beings is is yeah, it's a selfish one in it's a selfish endeavor on the part of the controlling elite, right? So let's get back to, you know, Platonism and this time in history when people were kind of still in this ideology of the soul is who you truly are, right? So this is a time period where death was not seen as the end. Sam, it was seen as a time for your soul to rest before its next life. And what happened around this time of Greece and Rome is this idea shifted so that people became more connected to the family that they're here with now to the point where they felt like it was more important to reincarnate in a bloodline. You understand what we're, yeah. what we're, we're implying here is that the elite, got this idea of a bloodline from the same Gnostic teachings that they then bastardized and made, you know, illegal, right? The alchemists and all that, they were seen as uh, witches and, and bad people because the church was prosecuting anybody who was still practicing the old religion, right? So the old religion was just this synthesis of science and spirituality that was left over from Atlantis, the ancient civilizations that, you know, Matt LaCroix, for everyone who's familiar with our, you know, with the tinfoil hat main episodes, he's gone pretty deep into, you know, ancient civilizations. And I think that 
He's about to have another episode drop very soon. It's he, we just did it. It's kind of mind blowing what he discovers at the end. It's oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm excited, man. That's that's some good stuff. I I've liked him since his first appearance. Well, he he be he to be honest with you, man, brought me on this journey of uh, okay, man. Like I've always known that something was different, but he brought me on this journey to go and okay, man. There is there's he be he started the journey to spirituality for me because I started realizing. That all the like I said to me, all the false flags and all that bullshit is just a smokescreen, so you don't see what we live on, where we live, who we are, you know. And then you start studying. You brought up Black Cube earlier, and again, that's that's in the conspiracy world, but it's important what we're talking about right now because I believe the the Saturn worshippers created Satanism as a way to stop people from looking at what they're doing because they took all this amazing stuff from Hinduism. You're a God. We're all gods, you know, kind of what you were talking about, God-like consciousness. And they added all the bad things from the, what they do and they put it together. And now everyone's like, oh, they think you're a God. Oh my God, that is blasphemy. And you're like, well, that's the oldest of all the teachings right there. So yeah. like, I, to me, that's what we learn. Like what is up is really down. Like I was talking to Phoenix on the podcast and we were talking about astrology and how they've made astrology seem like it's just a, a dumb chick thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And retro guy. And we're like, okay. And it's like, well, and truthfully, like there's some amazing stuff involved with that. Yeah. Well, to, to get to Saturn without, you know, obviously this is a spirituality, you know, topic we're talking about. We're not going to get too far in the conspiracy but have you heard of the game of Saturn, Sam? The game of Saturn, I have not. So the game of Saturn is a tarot card deck that the Italian government recently put in their national museum. Now, this is a tarot card deck that's unlike any other because most tarot cards have Christian symbology within them. The judgment card, crosses, whatnot. This tarot card deck has none of that, no Christianity in it. It has Roman soldiers and war, you know, like generals from conflicts within Africa when Rome was fighting in North Africa. And what this guy, Peter Mark Adams, supposes, he's a researcher, he supposes that this tarot card deck was a grimoire that the elite used to reincarnate back into their family. So, so like we're saying, you know, there are people in this earth who understand the true nature of spirituality and the scientific knowledge that goes with that because the two are one and the same. They're not separate. And the reason why people are, you know, balking at science now is because science has been bought out by the money interests, the corporate interests. Yes. Just like religion was bought out by the corporate interests of the day when those, you know, when those were at their height. And now look at mega churches and whatnot, what they've become, you know. So to get back to the Sola Busca Terra, as it's called in Italy, you know, this is a grimoire that allows these elite people to do rituals that, you know, can supposedly allow their soul to pass back into an elite family when they're reincarnated. So this goes into Gnosticism, Archons, and how, keep going, keep going. And how our soul is 
in this third dimensional reality, right? So you are just a vessel, right? Your vessel is chosen by your soul before you're born. You choose to incarnate into this life and you have some sort of knowledge of what you're going to be before you are born into your parents' life. You know, you have some sort of decision over what you, you know, where you're going to incarnate. This is not just a Hindu belief, but, you know, many cultures across the world believe in reincarnation, ones that are isolated from each other. You know, the Australian Aborigines had no contact with any Asian cultures, really, yet they still, you know, believe in reincarnation and, you know, this this type of thing. So that to uh, me... I just got to be honest with you. I, I mean, like, that whole thing is like really opened my eyes just to, like... I, I obviously I would not want to die right now, right? Just because I had two kids and I would want to make sure when I do take my last breath that they are set up for success, right? I think it would be really hard on them if daddy wasn't here anymore. Um, but like my fear of death is not what it used to be. Like Johnny, who's on tinfoil hat, is wants to live forever. And that sounds horrible to me. I would hate to be the last one of all my friends around and everyone got to make new friends. Everyone's like, Oh dude, you're the creepy 400 year old guy. Get, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like I, cyborg Johnny making tinfoil hat in 2030, uh, 2300 with, yeah, uh, it's like four years from now Sam. still talking about us. Sam was great. And he was, you've told that story a thousand times. Dumb robot guy. Uh, so, and you know, it's like as I get older too, it's just like, it's like, I think people really get scared of growing old if they haven't done things in their life they always wanted to do. Like they were too afraid to take chances or go after dreams or tr do that traveling they wanted. I think, I think that's why you get, if you just go out there and be like, I want to do this, 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 and this you tend to have a, a, a much a calmer soul and everything. You just like, oh, I did all this. It's great. It's, it's fun. I think, I think that's, that's really, you know, part of the American culture time we're in because you, you're familiar with blue zones, right? Places on the earth that are healthiest and where people live the longest because they have clean air and clean food and clean water, right? These people, they don't, they don't age the same way we do. So I would be very, very interested to find out what people who live in those areas think of questions like that. And if they feel an anxiety to do things by the end of their life, because I would suppose that if the whole earth was like that, a blue zone, like it should be, like it was thousands and thousands of years ago, I think all of our lives would, would be, you know, better. I mean, we're... No, it's very interesting. I think what I'm trying to say is that there's people who, I've talked about this before, that I say they take the first hot exit off the highway of life, mm -hmm. meaning they get right into their jobs. It's almost like these NBA, these kids who go right from high school to the NBA, and it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, you're making millions of dollars, but you're still in your job and you're working. You've, you've cut off this amazing time in your life where like college is like this time where it's like, and even though we could have an argument about what, what college actually represents now and, 
is it indoctrination? Is it the continuization of the indoctrination of this, this weaponized way of thinking? But for me, there's also, it's like the last time you're allowed to be like, you're, you're an adult with the responsibilities of a child. So you can, you can do all this adult stuff, but you're, you really don't have the responsibilities yet. You're kind of learning how to live in the adult world. And that, to me, is kind of magical. And a lot of kids are, are just trying to, like, skip that whole thing. Now, I'm not saying if you go to – you should have to go to college or you don't have to go to college. Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, for me, I, I was allowed to go from a very immature child to a grown-ass man. And I still had a lot to learn. But if I would have gone right into business, I would have burnt so many bridges so badly and been such a giant piece of shit that, you know, I'm very thankful. And this is coming from a man, Mark, that's 47 years old and now hit his stride that I, I in my mind, should have hit 20 years ago. But now that's, like, I'm doing it now. And yeah. I, I couldn't be – I like, everything I've ever wanted is starting to happen right now for me. And it's like – I don't, if you had told 22 year old Sam who started doing stand up that it would take about 20 years to get to where he wanted, do I know if I would be happy with that? I don't know. I would still do it because it's, it's the thing I love so much, but it's like, it's this amazing journey, you know? Well, as a, as a 25 year old guy, you know, I've been on this kind of truth journey for the past nine years, right? 16 years old was when I, when I kind of transitioned into this new uh, way of thinking, right? And it's just, it's so crazy how the synchronicities add up, man. Like, like once you open yourself up to the idea that there's a higher reality above you, you know, maybe a guardian angel or some kind of portion of you that exists in a higher dimension, you really, you start to receive the communication from that. And I can share this again with uh, the listeners of this show. I think I shared it my second time on the Patreon. And it's, it's basically a meditation chant that I have done to open up my third eye. And around the time when I did this, um, I noticed a big change in my life. And I noticed a change in the people that I was attracted to, the, the people that I would conversate with. And now I'm in a, in a reality it's far, far different than the one I was in five years ago, you know, and that chant is, is very simple. It's the word T-H-O-T-H, thought, and you have to say it with your tongue between your teeth like this. Yep, you got it for the first part of it, T-H-O-T-H, so for that th, for the first T-H, your tongue should be in between your two front teeth, right? Not not um, these teeth, but top top and bottom. Okay, and and this is a chant that you can do a couple times. But once you feel like you you know really felt a difference, because you will feel a, a vibrational change. You'll feel maybe a tingling or a lightheadedness if you do it correctly. Really, really carry out that oh, you know you'll you'll notice a difference in your consciousness but it's not something that you want to do all the time it's something that once you've done it a couple times you're good you know maybe every couple years do it but i've only done it maybe three or four times 
and that was all five years ago, six years ago. And since then, um, I do truly believe that my intelligence, my consciousness has become connected to the Akashic record or some sort of, you know, extra dimensional space where information is kept for all of us to tap into because in conversations like this, you know, I'm not thinking off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure it becomes, you're, you're familiar with it. You do comedy, you're on stage, you know, you have a routine, it becomes second nature, right? Well, when we're talking this conspiracy stuff, things I've learned flow out of me in a way where it feels like it's, it's not just me. Right. And I think what I've determined is that my spiritual practice and the, the chance and the meditation and the dedication to, to actually helping the world in some way has allowed for this change to take place. And this is the process of ascension that all human beings are on. Everybody's on their own path. Everybody's got a chakra that they're more dominant in. And for me, I was hung up on a lot of things. And what kind of changed the trajectory of my life for a second time after the cannabis did was a Reiki session. So I, I don't know how familiar you are with Reiki, Sam. We, I have a very good friend of mine that's a Reiki master. Okay, so you're familiar with it. So I've had one Reiki session in my whole life. And that Reiki session was a maybe... 10 minute 15 minute long session it felt like it was an hour i mean i woke up from what felt like a nap and i had not fallen asleep i still remember the lady's name even though it was like four years ago her name was glenish she's over on campbell ave in west haven for anyone who wants to go check her out but she does reiki out of a little place called herbs and stuff and i'll tell you what man after that day and that experience you know that was another thing that really cemented the path that i'm on now which is a path to help the children of the earth by fighting for justice and fighting for the truth and fighting for this knowledge that the ancient people had and preserved you know fighting to make sure that that doesn't die and i think that podcasts are the new books you know there's a new way of preserving and it's a more ancient way because people are are more susceptible to learning when it's in spoken word you know sitting around a campfire exchanging allegories books are new tech compared to spoken word storytelling is the oldest of all the uh, way of giving away yeah that's why they're getting huge dude and that's why they are that people just again this goes back to society we're so busy because we got work 80 jobs just to make the same money that our grandparents made doing one job, even though, I mean, you got to take into inflation and stuff like that. But the truth is it's like people are so busy. They just now put in their podcast and they just kind of take in the information, you know, and that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Mark, great show today, man. Thank you so much for doing it. You know, these are little things that we do just to you know, to just get it out, man. I, I, this journey's so early for me. I, I have no expertise in anything. It's such a. It's really is just somebody. I'm really just trying to learn, like what I can do to better my soul and to better educate my children, so that they can go on to you know. Because the whole thing was like the first you have kids, things you're like okay. I'm not going to do what my parents did to me 
which was pass on the bullshit. And like so much of the, and my parents are great. That This is not anti my parents at all. They did a great job. I'm blessed to have them as parents. But you know, a lot of the stuff that we deal with in life is this, I, I, I'm just going to call it a sickness that gets passed down from generation to generation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this kind of way of thinking these old grudges that get passed down from father, son, mother, the child, you know, all that stuff that just ends up, we end up being angry at people that really never even did anything to us or being paranoid for no reason, because that's kind of the stock we came from. And I think we all, when we have children going, I don't want to do that. And maybe it's inevitable because it's in your thing, but this is my goal and this is my, what I want to do. And I very much appreciate you for coming on, Mark. Well, We'll get you on the, the, the big one, too, very soon, I promise you. And we'll go from there. I've asked Mark to help me book this show because he knows a lot of he knows a lot of people in this genre that could help me just get because, you know, I want to learn about Islam. I want to learn about Christianity. I want to learn. I'm not. It's just not about like ascending. It's like, why do you believe what you do? What does that do for your soul? How does that help you interact with others and make the world a better place? Mark, will you tell them about your podcast? and uh, your Instagrams and anything else you want them to check out. Yeah, sure. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to uh, listen to maybe like a, a cruder conspiracy podcast where a couple of friends bullshit with each other and talk about conspiracies, go check out my podcast. It's called The Blood Triangle. It's on YouTube, and pretty soon it's going to be on Broken Simulation. If uh, we can make that happen, Sam. We will, dude. I and, promise um, and, you know, I got eight episodes, so, yeah, go check them out. In the way, if you want to message me on Instagram, I've already talked to a couple of really cool people who listen to the podcast. They've reached out to me on Instagram, and that's at Wayward Intellect, W-A-Y-W-A-R-D-I-N-T-E-L-L-E-C-T, Wayward Intellect. And, uh, yeah, that's the name I came up with when I was, like, 12. And I'm sticking with it. I hey, it. dude, when you're right, you're right, brother. When you're right, you're right. Bro, you know, free thinker, man. That's what it's all about. Don't let anybody tell you how to think. Think for yourself. And, yeah, again, man, thank you for everybody who's on this journey to help the children because, you know, that's what it's all about, teaching the next generation and feeling that, that evolution, that progress, you know. All right, man. I appreciate you, Mark. I appreciate all you guys. We don't really have a – term yet for the people who listen to this podcast so that will come naturally someday someone will it will come when it comes but i appreciate the everybody listening uh i know right now we're building and i promise you uh if this goes well it, it will get bigger I, I i'm in no hurry and there's no pressure whoever listens listens i just love talking about this stuff because it centers me and helps me deal with this chaos in my life right now, because, you know, having two children during a pandemic is insanity. And the only people I think could understand that is people who went through the, the um, great depression. And I would be tell you that they had it way harder than I did because they couldn't use the internet to make money and keep stuff going. So my heart goes out to them, even though they're not here right now, but it's like my heart went out to them. So, to everybody on your journey, uh, namaste. Thank you guys so much. Thank you again, Mark. And uh, we'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, everybody. Cool.
welcome to another episode of Zero. Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you. Really do appreciate the support of the show. It's a little show that could, that slowly keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And today is a, we're going to have on a good friend who's been on the show before. He's back again. He he helps me book a lot of my shows. So I'm very excited to have him back on. Please welcome the legendary Mark Steves, everybody. How are you? Thank you. I'm honored. The new, the new title, legendary. Appreciate it. Well, Mark, I got to be honest with you. The the episode we did on Tim Fall Hat seems to have resonated with so many people. It's unbelievable. And I make sure everybody understands what happened on that show. But that's a different show for a different time. But that show has resonated with people. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad I I can make it happen. Well, Mark, uh, big thing, you know, here, here, you know, we always say, you know, tinfoil hats about finding out what, what's going on in the world and zero is, is for how to learn to deal with it. And that's what we want to do today. You wanted to kind of get into the importance of, I believe, energy and how you think and your thoughts and your energy influence you and your life. That's kind of what we're getting into, right? And what is really important you know obviously we're all coming to this podcast for the spirituality right and all conspiracy leads to spirituality so you know when you get into this realm there's a lot of people who are thinking very skeptically and you're hit with people who have more doubt than they would if you maybe approach them with a subject that was in different you know, realm of thought. But anytime you get into spirituality or conspiracy, you run the risk of sounding a little woo-woo, right? I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've experienced that. So, you know, today... New Age woo, that's what they're calling it, right? The New Age woo? Well, yeah, that's that's a little bit different. But with Dr. Masaru Emoto, we have someone who's a respected scientist who's actually gone and proven scientifically the stuff that we would have considered woo-woo, you know? So what exactly he can he proved was that sound, vibration, energy have a tangible, recordable effect on water. So he used high-speed photography, microscopes, and MRI, right, to record the shapes of water crystals. So... He was able to do this within this like huge refrigerator that he built that he was able to walk inside of, but he kept it at a certain temperature. And what he found eventually was that the water crystals that he was taking pictures of through this microscope had different patterns based on what sound or words were being spoken in front of or within the water. So whatever sound the water had been exposed to, the crystals in real time, he was able to capture them expressing themselves through that sound. You know, he caught that on camera. So some of the more interesting things is like, so for example, hello or thank you in three or four different languages, right? Each time he said hello in a different language, it created a you know beautiful geometric shape and no matter what language it was it was the same shape and when you look at these shapes sam they're all so unique I, 
you know, I don't think that the book <laughs> will really show. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Can you see that? Or is it too, the camera's too bad? A little bit, dude, a little bit. Not lot, not the detail, but, you know, a lot of, I think this study was really brought to the public eye in the, in the movie The Secret. And sometimes I wonder if that movie was done to discredit kind of spirituality because yeah. the way it was presented, it, it was like presented in a snake oil salesman type of way, in my opinion, you know, yeah. and if yeah. we had the people put it out, they would probably tell us a different thing. And I have no problems with that. But I remember when the guy was like, you know, I just started thinking about, I just want checks in the mail. Next thing you know, checks start coming in the mail. And I'm like, man, you are selling people hope porn at this moment. But yeah. I do believe that you can manifest your destiny through your energy and your thought process. And that, you know, if there's anything I learned is like the universe exists between your ears and how you see everything determines the energy you put out. So, so this gentleman who did this amazing study with water confirmed that. I mean, yeah. really, you see that with plants as well, too. Like, it would be, if you, you you send certain energy towards plants, they they have a much uh, different vibe on how they on how they grow based on the positive or ne negative energy that you put out to them. So, so yeah, and and the details behind this are actually really interesting. But to to comment on uh, what you mentioned about the secret, I I have a similar behind this because. You know, speaking of hope porn, who put that book out there? Oprah, right? Oprah put that book out there. Oh, gee, I and, never even knew that. Well, yeah, she was a big part of selling that book. You know, her show was huge when it came out. And, and The Secret, you know, all they did was repackage stuff that has been said since the 60s and 50s, you know, like with those books. Like there was a book that was written in the 20s that was all about the law of attraction. And there were so many authors because it's all, you know, it wasn't it wasn't trademarked or published in a, in a way that had a license. So I think a lot of people just took that body of work and ran with it and like, oh, we could write an easy book. So this is a subject where I think you have like crossroads, right? You have a lot of snake oil salesmen who are finding this subject like super easy to pump out material on. But at the same time, you're dealing with a subject that's so intricate that if you just read the secret, you're not going to walk away with the secret. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Takes... Because it's giving you like the dumbed down version exactly. and it's not like telling you like how, I mean, like, it's not just like, I want to think positive thought. It's like a complete and utter, like, change of your view of the world and the universe and how, and the energy you put out and wh what you're attempting to do in this universe. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a multi-step process, not just like a, I just got to believe good stuff, you know? But at the same time, you know, that kind of hope that someone expresses in a statement like that as naive as it is they are on the right track maybe very far but they're getting on the right track and i think that's the part where it becomes like a sort of deception like you're saying maybe they put it out to throw people off of it off the scent of it because you look at that as a logical person you're like oh those people are all just idiots you know but the 
truth is when you apply that same principle that those idiots are like, you know, not applying, when you apply that to an intelligent person's life or someone not intelligent, but logic, you know, someone who's going to apply this with certain determination, you'll see results, you know, whereas the person who just sits there and says like, Oh, I, if I get a million dollars, you know, all I have to do is, is say to myself every day, I'm a millionaire, you know, that's someone who's not putting work in. That's not, there's no determination in that. And, and also I've experienced it. I've experienced manifestation, but the only reason it ever came to me was because I was able to like in that particular case, which I talked about on the Patreon with you, uh, like my first time, it was it was only because I split what I earned with my friend Jameson. So like you know I could have walked away with sixteen hundred dollars there for nothing, no work put in other than the manifestation, and I think it would have came back at me with bad karma. But because I I you know immediately was like, hey Jay, we're gonna split this because we found it, you know, and it just came out of nowhere. You know that manifestation came true because at that moment. I was able to, you know, give half of it away, be, be kind with the beginning. I think that's what the universe wants is to support those who are going to support others and help others. And, and that's kind of what the universe was teaching me when I tried to manifest wealth and, and received a, a gold piece worth $1,600 randomly at a farmer's market and nobody came and claimed it for three weeks. We had it and nobody came and claimed it. So like, you're going to tell me that the secret doesn't work. I've actually done it. And it wasn't by just, you know, being an idiot and saying, Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. It's just by applying things intelligently, you know, in a way that, in a way that, that becomes a, a practice and a, and a technique and and a way of thinking so when you get yourself into a place of like depression or negative thought you're able to bounce out of it you know because that's where you're really doing the most of your manifesting is in those negative emotions because those end up being your stronger emotions so what dr masaru emotu found is that when you were expressing negative emotions and that expression influenced the water it would create a very ugly, disturbing, you know, pattern with no sort of, you know, no sort of, what's the word, symmetry, right? Very asymmetrical, ugly patterns. But when they were saying, you know, loving or kind words, it made beautiful patterns in the crystals of the ice. And, you know, we're not talking like a static crystal. These are crystals that are appearing and then disappearing in the water as it's freezing. So he needed like a really fast camera to, to be able to even capture these pictures, you know, this, this work, you know, is uh, completely dependent on the technology he was using and, and the God force coming through him, that genius energy, you know, that allowed him to, to do that. I, I think you can apply this to people, people who get, you know, I mean, children, having kids is like, it's so delicate, dude. Yeah. And it's just like the, the words and how you talk to children can can and can form how they think about themselves and how they start to interact with others. You could see it happen 100% with children, man. It yeah. is in relationships. I mean, just it you know when you got a, a nice boss versus an asshole boss. I mean, like you see it happen all the time. And then it gets back to like the energy you put out is the energy you get back. I believe that 100%. Like there's just certain people. I've just met successful people that like both the couple is like 
got this kind of like magnetism and just like everything around them just works out because they just put out a positive vibe and it just works out. And then the super negative nannies, you know, just like, it just doesn't go their way, you know? And they're just even like in comedy, right? Like, like some of the best comics are like the dark comics, man, but they're always like fighting tooth and nail for every little bit they get. And then the super like, like pop comedy comics, they just, they just can't, it just, the industry's bending over backwards to try to get them to get something going. You know, it's kind of interesting. I would say that's mostly because you got to be pretty confident. I mean, to, to do that kind of comedy, whereas the more pop comedy, those are, those are people who are coming from a place of insecurity because they're like, Oh, what's popular. I'm going to do that. Whereas no, I'm with you. Will, there are some people who that is who they are, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, there are squares. Out now, there. when I say pop comedy, I think some people have a negative connotation to it. I don't believe it. I, I'm just saying it's like, what is your, what is your goal? You know, okay. Okay. which like people like Doug Stanhope, they just want to, they just want to scorch the earth. Bill Burr just wants to say what he wants to say. And then there's comics who are great, who are good friends of mine, who just want to go up and have everybody have a good time. Yeah. And that you see the, like uh, Nate Bar, Nate Bargatze, Nate Bargatze, Steve Simone, Chris Lee, Gabriel Iglesias, you know the late Ralphie May, you know th those guys were just they wanted, they just wanted people to come and have a good time, and that's a wonderful thing. That, and those are very successful comedians, you know. It's the guys who like to go out there and grind. Like I gotta learn to smile when I'm on stage because I look like I'm just angry all the time, you know. So it's like that's another thing. Like the energy you put out is that, like I just look like I'm angry on stage when I'm even having a good time. It's well, it's let's cool. consider let's consider you know within the realms of Masaru Emoto's study, you know what comedy, what's actually happening when you're on a stage. You know, you're projecting audio at a higher volume than normal, and that audio is affecting the people in the crowd on a subsonic level because we are all water i mean you're you're made of water i'm made of water so the sound that masaru emoto was was you know recording making these crystals in the freezing water that process is happening to you and me every time we engage with any sort of audio as well as information i mean information is encoded in water so you know, from the, the sheer energetic principle of the of water, you know, you're you're constantly taking on the vibrations of your environment and the people you choose to spend time with. So when you go to a comedy show, you're you, you know, you're getting Sam Tripoli vibration into your, you know, pool of water and that's resonating with you. That's leaving Yes, something. dude. Oh, yes. I totally believe that. So. And that's why people click. That's why, like, yeah. some guys just, like, I call it the Elvis factor, man. Like, some people have the Elvis fa factor. Some people don't. But, you know, there's people like, then there's people like Joe Rogan that's very interesting. That he's kind of a dark and and he's got interesting energy. But people are he mesmerized by him. So it's an interesting thing, dude. But maybe maybe it's his stand-up and his podcast could have two different vibes to it. But either way, it resonates with people. But 100%, it's like energy you put out. Like, you just vibe with some people. And some people don't vibe with certain people, you know? 
Babies yeah. are all love. Whenever you see a baby, you just love babies. You just want to love them, you know? Well, it's it's funny, the whole vibe thing. I mean, I, I'm a huge believer in uh, synchronicities, manifestation, all that. I've experienced it. And, you know, one thing we talked about on my first uh, foray with you on the Patreon was, was my mentor, Amos, when I was, you know, <laughs> dropping out of college in the process I, I made friends with this Native American who taught me a lot of things. But one of the things that happened when we were, you know, discussing was, you know, he taught me a few things and I go off and meditate on my own. And one day I'm meditating in the forest and this white light comes over me, Sam, like white light, like you fainted. You know, when you faint, you kind of black out. This was like a whiteout to so wake up from this whiteout. And there's a red-tailed hawk feather sitting right in front of me, five feet away. So I pick that up, and that red-tailed hawk feather is, like, right here. I've had it, you know, for the past ten years or so. It's uh, Let here. me see it again. Sorry, dude. I got 19 million things going on. My apologies, dude. Right here. Right here. My wow. I got crystals and shit. You have an interesting room, dude. You have an interesting room. There's a lot of books. I mean, that's most of it. But yeah, that's like my my spiritual uh, kind of altar. You know, just keeps the energy. You're Dumbo, me. bro. You got your magic feather. <laughs> yeah. So this, but this feather, the where it connects to you and I is is the feather was like a token between me and my mentor. Like, hey, you're on the right path, you know. And when I met you, I gave you a book called The Kabbalion, right? And yes. What's interesting about the fact that I gave you that book is like I, I used to like take notes in that book and it, it meant a lot to me and I almost didn't want to give it to you because I'm like, I, I don't want to part with this book, but I gave it to you anyways. And then, you know, after, you know, we start working with each other, this guy who comes on your podcast, who seems like a great dude, the Maverick guy, he gives you the same book, you know, and that's the same thing that happened with my mentor Amos is like, Every time he met somebody who was on this kind of vibe, a red-tailed hawk feather would appear in their life. And the Kybalion is kind of working like its way through the podcast. Like a lot of the the guests that have been really popular and resonating with people are people who understand the seven hermetic laws. And that was something that when I would listen to the podcast a long time ago, I always wanted to get that across to you is because I thought that you would really, you know, like to know i mean i'm sure you already knew about them before i gave you that book but like you know that that just was something i wanted to kind of give to you if i could because i felt like it was missing and then here we are and it's like this is the resonance you know like i gave you that book and then sure enough like matt Lacroix comes on and you know you're talking ancient mysteries with all these different people and and uh and that's that's kind of like resonance, man. It's like what you're that saying. That changed my life. That 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 episode, Matt Lacroix starts the ball rolling into it, seeing the world a little different. What I want to get into you with you, Mark, is we have all this great information. We have this understanding that we got to do all this stuff, and we have to control our destiny. So, if 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 someone went up to you, where do I start? Where do I start doing this? How do I start changing? Because really what it is, is man, it's like you got to change your perspective. One thing I've always said in my life, man, is like 
you have to be your number one fan. Now, does that mean have a giant ego going around acting like you're a big dick superstar? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, you really have to love yourself. And there's nothing wrong with loving yourself. I, you know, I used to get in a real place where like, I would have this internal dialogue about what a, what a phony I was or what I, what I was lacking in my life. And I always wanted, I was always so worried that people would uh, think that I didn't know what I was doing wrong. So I would bring it up to them. So they knew that I knew what I lacked in. And in reality, they weren't thinking about it at all. In reality, I'm just putting out, I'm just overthinking everything. And I do that all the time. Like my buddy Ari Shafir once said, you know, it's like, Sam, you're trying to work up here. Everyone else is working down here. And that really resonated with me one time about the overthinking of everything. You know, it's like a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff Richards, you know, this was the first guy to ever be on Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. He's the first person to ever do it. And, you know, this guy, when he was young, just never overthought anything. Just kind of walked in and just did his thing and walked out. And people just love that. Whereas me, I was like, you know, this audition, if this happens, I get this. And then, and then I would just future tripping on everything. And then I would overanalyze everything. I would overanalyze my act. I, I was such a perfectionist, man. And it's just like, that is the, there's nothing wrong with wanting to work at the highest of your abilities, the highest level of your abilities. Okay. But it's like, if it gets to the point where it's actually sabotaging you, you have to kind of take a moment and, and take a step back and be like, Okay, I'm putting too much pressure on myself. The, you know, the biggest thing is when you, uh, when you come to grips with that, it is okay to fail. Man, that is a giant rele release valve. It releases a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Not everybody wins every time. Even Michael Jordan, who is like considered one of the great winners. Bill Russell's the greatest winner of all time, but with an American sports. But man, all those guys had tons of losses on the record. They maybe won the big one, but up until the big one, they, they lost a lot of stuff. They didn't win every game they ever played. And it's like people just put them put too much pressure on every single moment, man. And I always tell people in this in this town, I'm like, listen, man, whatever happens, I like a buddy of mine, he had a chance to get a show. I go, dude, you had a great interview with that guy. Let it go. Next thing you know, you had that great moment. That's all you could hope for. Like, if you get the show, it's a blessing. If you don't get the show, on to the next one. And the, what I'm getting back to with this, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, it's just like, it's just like you can't live in an in a invisible jail where you're always riding yourself and beating yourself up. You might as well love yourself. You might as well be your biggest fan. Why not? Why not? You are the one constant in your own universe. You might as well love yourself. You might as well be, I'm good enough. And guess what? If that day you didn't get it, that just wasn't your day. The next day is fine. Yeah. Well, to answer your question, how I would, you know, help someone, like what advice I would give to someone as far as that, you know, what you just said, 
I think it, it comes in a couple steps. You know, the first step for me and for for everyone would probably be to have that realization moment. And what that realization moment is, is just what you're describing. It's getting yourself out of that invisible prison and realizing that you are a soul existing in this vessel. You chose to live this human life and you are not your body. And I think once people let that thought hit them of you are not your body, a lot of weight comes off and you're like, wow, all right, I'm not my body. If I die, I have another life. You know, I have other you know, things going on if I die, that's a huge relief because that takes away that race that people, that rat race that people live in of like, oh, I got to get this for this and that and that. And then so I can live like this and retire like this. It's like, no, 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 stop thinking about the future because when you think about the future, you cause anxiety. When you think about the past, you cause regret, you know, think in the moment, start in the moment. The moment is all you got. So that moment of realization where you realize that comes with the next step is realizing your purpose and why you chose to embody this human vessel on this earth, you know? Yeah, man, that's a big thing. And that seems to be the big thing theme with everything. Yeah. It's different for everyone, but, but we're like, you know, just like you have a million cells in your body that each have their own function and within them are cells that have their own function. You are a cell within a cell within a cell, you know, and you have a function. And when you start functioning to help others, the universe functions to help you. And that's I kind of that. I, I meant, love that. You know, with the manifestation thing, it's like, for me, it manifested in like what you were saying before about how you need to find your talent, what, you, what works for you. For me, that's spreading this knowledge, helping people understand this stuff for whatever reason. You know, when I had my moment of realization, that's what I became obsessed with. I've always been obsessed with talking about this stuff with people, whether they like it or not. That's why I named my podcast, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, because half the time they're the ones hearing it when they don't want to hear it. I mean, my dad's the kind of guy who's like feelings, like, what the fuck are you talking about feelings, you know? It's so like a I, different time, dude, just know? a different time. Yeah. So that's, that's just, it's like, for me, that's what it came down to is like, learning this stuff, researching this stuff. And I'm only 26, just turned 26. So I, you know, there's still a lot of, of avenues I can go down, but, um, crazy dude, you know, 26 I, years old, man. I was still, I just moved to Los Angeles at that age yeah. and man, the, the shit was going to get fucking nuts, dude. But it's like, that's when the dick kicking started for me, man. I just started getting my dick kicked in over and over again. And just like, the only one who believed in me was, you know, it's like I'm really beating myself up lately. I've been watching the meet with Callan, and I'm just like such a, you know, I'm just super tired, dude. Like I've been taking care of my kids, and then I'm just super like slumped. I I, I just got to figure this out, man. But I'm looking slumped. My my mohawk was off. You can see tired in my face. Like it's just it's just a crazy time in my life right now. But look at me. I'm 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 beating myself up. But battling a lizard person and all of his fans, especially the ones that comment, are like the most negative fans. I mean, have you seen the fighter and the kid Reddit? It's the most Oh yeah, dude. I won't go on that, dude. I was there for a second. It's so toxic. 
everybody who follows Brian Callen, half of them are, are hating on him. And that's what what they like is to hate on the guy. And it's sad because that's the that's the kind of frequency those people are in. You know, that's. The, oh, for sure, oh, dude, for they, sure. And it's know, really I, sad. Like I, I read some of the comments. They're like, why don't you just go? It's like, dude, what is wrong with you? But man. OK, so that's a I'm like, that's a whole different thing yeah. about. And this gets into somewhat what 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 we're seeing with social media is like these psyops being committed on people to uh, really destroy them. And that's why, you know, for the longest time, there was this movement like, oh, only pussies delete comments. And that was a big push on the Internet. It's like, oh, you're deleting comments. Oh, you're a pussy dude because only put and then you realize that man that was probably manufactured in some think tank to get people to allow these psychological operations to be carried out on people you know this spygate 2 just came out and there's this whole thing about who minnie is what she represents you know you know, everybody, everybody's a psyop. I don't know. It's like if everybody's psyop knows a psyop. So, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna take what your information is, and I'm gonna put it through my filter of common sense. So it's like people like Ben Shapiro or uh, Sam Harris. When I hear them talk, it's so obvious how, how slanted they are towards a certain dynamic and paradigm. And it's so obvious they're bought and sold. So everything they say just is ridiculous to me. But it's like when I listen to Alex Jones, right? And like I get that he has a certain blind spot that people don't like or maybe his family this. But like what we're hearing from this guy seems to be more right than it is wrong. I mean, like nobody bats a thousand in life. And I'm not saying he's not this or that, but I'm just saying based on the information that we get from Alex Jones, I think a lot of it hits. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's like you could read a book without recommending it to your friend. I mean, why can't we listen to Alex Jones and not take, you know, it's like, hey, you read the book. You don't want to recommend it to other people. You can't, you're not going to stop other people from reading it, though. It's like, it's so stupid, you know? It's so dumb, dude. It's so it gets so back dumb. to this, this whole thing, this psychological operation, like, and blocking people and this, no, because, like, these guys want, like, you know, it's. I think it's this desire to have as many followers as possible, and I'm like, no, I'd rather have a smaller quality group of of people who like me on the internet than having this huge group that has this giant section of just negativity. Get out of here! Get out of here! So, what I want to talk about real quick is what I have done, and I don't do it all the time. It's very hard to stay on this, but you know, it's like. Prayers are very important because I think you're talking to the simulation, right? Sit down, you know, don't pray for yourself, pray for others. That's what you do. You kind of pray for others. I talked about it on Broken Simulation. This one guy, every time I'm walking my kids, he just asked me to pray for his soul, his brain, and his burning penis. And I'm just like, okay, dude. And I, I, I pray to shape-shifting Jesus all the time for him, you know? And I'm just like, awkward. But so I pray. But my biggest thing I like to do, dude, is I really like at the end of the day to take a look back at my day and think about what did I do well? So, you know, when I went to this recovery house to deal with my drugs and alcohol problem and clean up my act, one thing every morning they would do is they would ask you, what are you thankful for? 
And I think that's very important yeah. to sit there and go, what did I, what am I thankful for? So early in the morning, what, what am I thankful for? I got good night's sleep. You know, I got, I got a job. I'm paying my bills. You know, I got love in my life. I have children. You know, you talk about all those stuff. That's wonderful. So, so you start, see what, because what we're doing right now is we're changing the, what we focus on. Because there's a million things going on right now, right? There's a million things going on. What you focus on is your becomes your world. And if you're only focusing on the negative all the time, negative shit starts happening. You have to focus on the positive. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, you know, they pray when something bad is happening, right? And to me, like when you said the whole, like, thank you, what are you grateful for thing? I just thought like, you know, the first 10 sentences of any prayer I ever do is I'm thankful for this, this, that, you know, like that's the first 10 things I'm doing in a prayer. So, you know, and prayer, all it is, man, is, you know, yeah, simulation, creator, wherever your, you know, lines fall, you know, everybody has a different, but the point is, is you're, you're speaking to the totality of yourself when you pray. Right. From your subconscious to your conscious to your higher conscious, you're aligning them when you pray. And that's what's important. So when something good happens, to you pray and say that you're thankful for what just happened, because that is what's going to help you manifest more of that. Yes, because dude. It's, it's yes. That energy in that moment of joy, that's the energy that's going to make your prayer powerful. I mean, not to not to to gamify in a sense like we want more powerful prayers, but like that's the moment to rejoice. That's when God or the simulation wants you to rejoice when you're full of that energy and when you have that energy to pray. And that's, well, I totally agree with that, man. I think that's very important to be to be thankful for what you have and thank whatever higher power you have when things are going good and not just call in a favor when things are going bad. I think yeah. at night you should write down all the things that you think you did well. First of all, you write down the things you think maybe you were in the wrong and you pray that, you know, to not make that mistake or to make an apology to those people. If you can call up somebody be like, I'm sorry, I was wrong here, man. My apologies. It's very important to do this stuff. And then write down all the things you did well when you start doing that, right? Start with like, in the morning, give me five things you're thankful for. At the night, give me five things you did well. You do that every day, you'll see how your perspective in life will change. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, with my, you know, whole thing on what I would say to people is first two steps, right? Realization, mission. You realize who you are, you find your mission, and then you have an ally, and you apply that ally to practice ritual daily practice right what do i mean by ally well carl Jung had some ideas on what an ally was you can go and look that up but for me uh, my mentor taught me about tobacco and cannabis being an ally and i've used that responsibly as a way to increase my my knowledge you know i don't want to recommend any anything i know there's a lot of people out there who are staying sober and you can still have an ally you know, as a sober person, but for me, tobacco and cannabis use responsibly are, uh, are an ally. Some people it's working out. Some people it's uh podcasting. Some people it's just 
hanging out with family. You know, you just need an ally. You need something. You know, I always say this, man, you need a hobby. I've kind of gotten away from that lately just because the babies, I guess the babies are my, my, uh, my hobby right now because I have to kind of focus on them for a large portion of the, my day. And then the rest is working because babies are expensive, but you know, you just need you, what you need is something that you do for the love of doing it and not part of your job too, especially people in entertainment. They just get so focused on just like their careers and doing their career stuff. <laughs> what are you doing tits <laughs> McGee over there that you just focus on just your work all the time and you don't live any life and you don't have a creative output outside of your, your business you can get very stale. You need a hobby, whether it's walking, jumping, running, working out, Krav Maga. I'm going to get a black belt in Krav Maga. That is my goal in life. Yeah. Even if I have to get private lessons and just speed it up, I'm going to do Krav Maga. Yeah. Well, podcasts can function as an ally too. Like for me, you know, over the past three years, I've specifically gone down the route of being a delivery driver just because I, you have your whole work shift to listen to podcasts when you're a delivery driver. So, I need to start listening to podcasts more, man. Like well, I, I talked about on this last podcast, it's about to go out. Just it's like, I just took a comedy comics mentality to podcasting which was, you know, I don't like to watch other people's acts, their specials, or their listen to their albums. Now, I buy all them, but I don't listen to it because I just want to support them, but I don't want to get influenced. But I need to start doing that with podcasting. Well, with the, with the whole conspiracy genre, I feel like you're really more looking into the topic than the person. So I think, you know, as far as listening to those podcasts, it definitely would, you know, I, you'd be... It's I need to stop doing that, dude. That's my next thing. I, I Like, dude, you know, I'm really going through something right now where I'm like, I'm over sports. I can't believe I'm there, but I'm like, I'm over sports. Yeah, don't, you can't talk to me about this. Look at how many books I have. You think I watch sports, bro? <laughs> I know, but dude, I grew up on that shit. And like, I live, like basketball is like, I was like, I, I just don't, I think that the suits have destroyed it. So it's like, I need to stop. I'm going to stop listening to sports talk and I must start listening to podcasts real quick, Mark. Okay, go so on. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> it's always so like high volume and fast paced. Like sports talk is like the least calming thing to listen to. <laughs> I mean, I just love the art of basketball. Like, just like, I just love the game. I've always loved the game. I love MMA. I love boxing. I can pay attention to them, but I just, I'm just kind of over it because it's just what it's meant to be and what they've turned it into are two totally different things. And I'm really over it. So I'm over the politicizing of the sport. Like I like sports that just started like early UFC was great because it was just like, it was so indie and it was just like these guys, like I love, trailblazers because they can't do anything else like chuck liddell had very little options in life it was punch people or maybe do porn i don't know i, I don't want I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to chuck I, I wouldn't mean like that but you know it's like he did that because it's what he was good at and it, it was he he was he created a sport man he was like one of the guys who created a sport so i met chuck liddell once i love him dude that guy's I mean, dude, the guy was built to 
Have you ever I, heard I, of a guy named Bert, Brian Urlacher? No. He's uh he was a Chicago Bears linebacker. And like one night he was at a like a rave or like some like he was at a concert. And like he bumps into somebody and the guy's like, Oh hey, and the guy's like Brian Urlacher's like, Hey dude, you better watch yourself or else I'll beat your ass. The guy's like, Whatever you want to do, dude. The guy's like oh, Brian Urlacher's like, Oh, you wanna fight? He goes, Yeah, I'll I'll fight. He goes, All right, let's go outside. So they're walking. Brian Urlacher's friend's like, dude, you don't want to fight this guy. It's Chuck Liddell, right? So like <laughs> you know, which would have been a great fight though, but Brian, this has been a great episode, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, real quick, tell them where they can find you. Well, you just called me Brian. I'm Did I? Kidding. I met Mark. Sorry about that. Mark, one day we'll get it right, dude. We'll get everything right, and we'll be like the dismount will be nailed, and the French judge will give us tens. It's all good, brother. It's all good. Um, people can find me on Spotify and Patreon as uh, the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast we have four episodes out all together and if you really like those four you can like go find the bud triangle podcast i don't but those four are great so listen to those <laughs> all right dude mark so it begins so it begins every podcast started at the first episode of course all right bud i appreciate you thank you so much for everything you do for me and you're helping me book these shows you help me uh tremendously and i i appreciate you okay Thank you. And for anybody who wants to uh, research Masaru Emoto more about him, here's a little like teaser for you. One thing that he found out is that water absorbs different minerals based on where the stars and the planets are. Can you believe that? I mean, dude, that's crazy. Water is our life. It's like we're, dude. It's crazy. It never ends, man. But thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for everybody who listened to this. All right, brother. You're the best. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. No problem, man. Take care, bud. Thanks for tuning in, guys. The Zero, I love you all very much. New episodes every week. We'll just keep growing till we figure this whole thing out. All right? Take care, guys. Thanks for the support, and I uh, hope you get the Zero. Take care. Mm-hmm.